Welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's Word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. Happy New Year, everyone. I am Kelly Newcomb, founder of Brave Parenting. Thank you so much for tuning in. 2024 has arrived, and I'm so excited for this year. We are working on lots of great content here at Brave Parenting, and we're always optimistic about reaching new parents and sharing how the Word of God and the gospel message positively transforms how we perceive and engage with media and technology. And that has never been as important as it is now, as we have fully entered the age of AI. You likely feel bombarded with AI talk in the news. And for many of you, we know that you are simply trying to just wrap your brain around what it all means. There's all these new acronyms. There's new AI chatbots everywhere you look. And an underlying threat that no one really wants to elaborate on, but everybody seems to want to do something about. As Christians, it is important, if not essential, that we understand how AI works, where the computer scientists behind AI see it going in the future, and how this all impacts parenting and discipling your kids. Now, if you are in the I have no clue camp, we are here to help. So we're kicking off a series of podcasts dedicated to helping you understand some of the biggest issues surrounding artificial intelligence. We will help you not only understand, but to discern the issue through a biblical worldview, and as always, give you practical applications for raising your children. So in preparation for this series, I've just been swimming in AI research, reading articles and books, listening to other podcasts, reading terms of service, all the nitty gritty that you can imagine. And as usual, I bounce everything I read off of our resident brave parenting tech expert, which is my husband, Ryan. And if you've listened to our podcast for a while, you may know that he really grew up amidst computer and internet technology, building circuit boards in middle school and having access to the internet before any of us even knew what the internet was. Not only that, he ran a web development company for 18 years and now teaches computer science at the high school level. So I have invited him onto today's podcast to help explain these complex issues in simple and easy to understand ways. Today, we're going to unpack some of the terminology used to describe and detail how AI works. Okay, Ryan, let's start this off with some general terminology, the jargon of AI. All right. The first term we should define is AI, which obviously stands for artificial intelligence. Well, what AI is, it's a simulation of human intelligence by machines that are programmed to think, act, and generally respond like humans. This is why you hear human-associated terms with it, like machine learning and AI problem-solving. It can do things that are considered smart, quote-unquote, I would say smart, and human-like. Another way to define it is an algorithm-based method to solve complex tasks that used to require human thinking. And algorithms are just a fancy way of saying the instructions or rules designed to solve a problem or complete a task. The goal for AI is to be able to do things such as recognize patterns and make decisions like humans. And AI technology has been around for quite some time. Facial recognition on your iPhone, social media algorithms, email spam filters, and antivirus software utilize AI. Your bank is likely using AI to detect fraud. Google Maps uses AI to direct your route and tell you what restaurants are nearby. Even basic Google searches these days utilize AI. 
What makes AI technology unique when compared to humans is that it can process large amounts of data very quickly. A great example of this is Tesla Autopilot, which is another use of AI. It can process driving conditions faster than humans, which is why Tesla Autopilot has a better per-mile driving record than humans when behind the wheel. Next, another term used lately is generative AI. And this simply refers to AI used to generate new content such as text, images, or other media using generative models. Here, the computer is trained based on certain model with data and typically millions of parameters, or you can kind of call them rules, in order to generate content on demand. So examples of generative AI are ChatGPT, and really every other chatbot out there, there's so many, or image generators such as Stable Diffusion, Dolly, and Midjourney. You may have heard those names somewhere in the news. The difference between generative AI and other forms of AI is the output. Social media algorithms direct what content is seen, but do not generate new, unique content like ChatGPT does. And that is the distinguishing trait of generative AI. And one of the common ways generative AI creates content is through chatbots. If you've ever used an online chat or messaging system and have responses that are AI-generated, you have communicated with a chatbot. Now, if you've never used an online chat for support or information on a website, you've likely called a phone number that utilizes a voice-activated version of a chatbot while desperately hoping to reach a human. Chatbots, though, they utilize the Large Language Model, or LLM, and we saw a revolution of LLMs in 2023. They are essentially giant AIs trained on huge quantities of human language, sourced mostly from books and the internet. These AIs learn common patterns between words in those datasets, and in doing so, they become surprisingly good at reproducing human language. The more data and computing power LLMs are trained on, the more accurate they become too. So for example, let's just say I said to you, Jack and Jill went up the blank. What would you say the next word is likely going to be? Jack and Jill went up the hill. And you would likely be correct because that is the most common response. LLMs at a basic level are performing the same task. An example of an LLM is the GPT-3 and GPT-4 models that's used by most chatbots. The main example being ChatGPT, and most people have heard about that by now. And Kelly, we can now define the GPT in ChatGPT. This now infamous acronym everyone knows but doesn't know what it stands for. GPT stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. The generative means what you would think it means. It produces output. It generates. The pre-trained refers to the training or learning it has done in order to create that output. And the transformer is the powerful, what they call neural network algorithm that is exceptionally good at learning relationships between words, sentences, and paragraphs. Now, the term neural network probably sounds incredibly human brain-like. And that is for a reason. These algorithms are designed to mimic how the human brain works using nodes similar to how the human brain uses neurons. Each node is a concept in code that represents a mathematical function. Nodes receive input from the outside or other nodes, process that information, 
and then output the result. Now, the collective result of many nodes doing this, organized at many different layers and levels, enables the algorithm to solve complex problems. And I think now is the perfect time to explain some terminology surrounding these large learning models or LLMs and their pitfalls. Because while these LLMs are capable of many tasks, the language models are capable and even prone to mistakes. When a chatbot provides incorrect, fake, or erroneous content, this is what has now been termed a hallucination. And this was actually given the word of the year of 2023 by Cambridge Dictionary, the hallucination. Well, ChatGPT is known to produce bogus citations, book or hotel recommendations, and other incorrect information. So if you ask, for example, what are the best hotels to stay at when visiting San Antonio? It may provide a list of hotels that don't even exist. This is what they call a hallucination, and it occurs because LLMs are trained to repeat patterns from their training data. All of this to say, there's no fix for these hallucinations. So it's really imperative to critically approach any chatbot's result to ensure it is accurate, because right now, this is a real headache for these AI companies because they don't know how to solve the hallucination problem. And this also leads us to the discussion of explainability of AI. Explainability is an important aspect of AI because the people who have built large language models can't actually explain precisely why the system behaves the way that it does. This is primarily because the outputs are the results of millions of complex mathematical equations. But in the end, it is basically a very powerful autocomplete tool, like our example earlier with Jack and Jill. LLMs are used to make predictions to generate each word in the sentence. How it makes those predictions is almost as complex as how we choose the next word in our sentences. And this is also why we see biases in machine learning systems output. You've probably heard some talk about that. So a bias is when the decision made by the computer, such as choosing those next words or choosing the image that it's going to create, they're consistently prejudiced or discriminatory. And this has been an area, especially focusing around facial recognition, where it works better on white faces than black faces, or even when asking Alexa questions about individual people groups, the answers have reportedly contained very negative stereotypes. Again, these biases happen because the systems are trained to replicate patterns and the data it has been trained determines the pattern it generates content from. Yes, and that actually brings us around to an important term called alignment. And by this, we really mean alignment problems, which is a serious concern surrounding all AI technologies. Alignment problems are when an AI system acts in a way not intended by its human creator. Alignment problems can be simple, they can be dangerous, and sometimes they are downright terrifying. First, let's start with a simple example. A self-driving car. It knows it's not supposed to drive across a solid white line on the highway. If a section of highway, though, is under construction, a solid white line may still be visible, even though the construction cones are directing the driver to uh, shift lanes across the white line. This could lead to an accident if the driver doesn't take control of the car. Now, a more dangerous example of AI alignment problems is what can occur with AI-controlled weapons. This actually occurred a long time ago during the Iraq War. The U.S. Army's Patriot Defense Missile Systems were actually firing at friendly planes 
because the AI systems couldn't accurately identify friendly versus enemy aircraft. This led to a tragic incident that cost the lives of two crew members. Now, for a terrifying example of how AI alignment problems could go horribly wrong. If an AI system was tasked with solving the problem of how to prevent rust on metal, it could theoretically come up with the conclusion that the removal of oxygen from the atmosphere is the best solution at stopping rust from occurring. While that might stop the rust problems, it would make living for humans quite difficult. Now, for something like that to occur, there would have to be a breakthrough in artificial general intelligence first, or AGI. So we should probably explain what that means too. Artificial general intelligence is different from other forms of AI in that it can understand, learn, and apply its intelligence to solve any problem similar to how a human solves problems. Right now, specialized AIs like generative AIs have limited skill sets. ChatGPT can write an essay for you, but it can't analyze the best way to vacuum your floor. Your Roomba can determine methods to vacuum your floor, but it's not going to write you an essay. AGI will have the ability to learn and master a wide range of skills. Now combine artificial intelligence with quantum computing, and you now have global impacts on society. For example, all of our current data encryption schemes rely on prime numbers and factoring large numbers. Numbers so large that it would take current computers thousands of years to solve without the key. But with quantum computing, the ability to solve those problems may only take days, if not shorter. So why is this a problem? Well, right now, basically all countries are collecting as much data as possible, and they save it for later. It doesn't matter if that data is encrypted or not. Because once quantum computers are able to break our current encryption algorithms, all that data will be able to be read. Combine that with AI that is trained to look for patterns in the decrypted data, and the impact is enormous. Consider what would happen if every single text message, phone record, email, social media DM, and so on, if all of that was made public information by a foreign country. Think about every text you've ever written about your boss or your children or about other people you care about, that those might be able to be read. Every image sent may be seen. Think about what that could happen to Christians living in countries hostile to Christianity if their identities could be readily determined. And Ryan, how close are we to actually accomplishing quantum computing? Well, we've actually already achieved quantum computing. The problem is we haven't done it at the scale necessary yet or for the length of time necessary to be able to start cracking encryption schemes. But it's something that we know is going to be coming down the line. It could be a matter of years. It could be a decade. But it is coming quickly. And we're already seeing government agencies looking at post-quantum encryption schemes to try and shore up the problems that we already have in our systems. And this is why we saw in 2023 why a lot of um, government agencies, a lot of groups and organizations really were promoting a pause in AI because it's also a, a competition among nations, among con- countries, because whoever accomplishes it first has a lot of power. Absolutely. So this is kind of the stuff of dystopian science fiction, kind of, right? It seems like surely that would never happen, but the reality is, is something like this really could. And while I certainly don't want anyone to, all of a sudden after listening to this podcast, be stricken with anxiety about this, 
I do want to mention that some of the CEOs of the organizations leading the the way in developing this AI, they have in fact been quoted as saying that there is a 10 to 25% chance that what they create could actually cause the end of civilization. Now, whether they say that tongue in cheek, I don't think so. I think they've realized that they are working with very, very powerful technology. And that's why there's also a lot of talk about ethics surrounding AI. Well, for me personally, it's concerning, but it motivates me just to be more discerning with the content that I put out there, sort of in the cloud, as they say. Absolutely. And this is also why it's very important for us to be raising the next generation with a firm understanding of ethics and ethical behavior. We need a generation that's not going to build or do something just because they can without first considering the ethical concerns of their actions. Far too often, we see the teaching of ethics removed from STEM fields as individuals specialize more and more in their education. And this is leading to very questionable decision-making in these fields of technology when it comes to AI and quantum computing. What really applies well here is the basic mantra of just because you can doesn't mean you should. And that's definitely best applied for all things AI. Yeah. And for parents as well, just because we can give chatbots to entertain our children doesn't mean that we should. So it definitely applies to us. Well, all that being said, I know I stand on a solid foundation that cannot be shaken. And that's what we as Christians really need to remember that even with all of this, and it can sound really scary, God is sovereignly in control. And nothing occurs here on earth apart from his plan for humanity. Therefore, we can rest confident and easy knowing that God still sustains the earth by the power of his word. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, regardless of what happens with AI. And that has been true since the beginning of time. AI does not actually change the nature of God. No algorithm will influence him, nor will his knowledge ever be surpassed. He is the omnipotent creator of the heavens and earth. AI and AGI, artificial general intelligence, is just sort of another wannabe God in our pluralistic culture. Another point that I know that we're going to be focusing on throughout all of the upcoming podcasts is that we cannot forget to hold fast to what it means to be human. The importance of real life relationships cannot be understated the more technology becomes human-like especially for kids. This is so, so crucial. So as you hear these terms being used, whether it be on a podcast or in a book or on the news or anywhere where you're getting information on social media, keep that in mind. What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be interacting on such a almost relational level with technology through this artificial intelligence? Because that's going to become really important. So hopefully, as we went through all of these different terms explaining what artificial intelligence, generative AI, AGI, language learning models, all of this, hopefully that kind of puts a little bit of a perspective around it, and you can kind of now fit what you hear into helpful categories. And all of this AI verbiage thrown around can now be placed on a solid foundation that you can analyze and evaluate all of this through the lens of what we already know about who God is and that his nature is not changing. So a few topics that we have coming up are chat GPT and education, chatbots and relationships, AI influencers, AI scams, 
AI, image generation, and art. And honestly, the more I research, the more topics I just continue to add to the list. And don't forget, if you didn't catch the episode that Chelsea and I did back in November, you can go back and listen to that one. That's on AI porn and whether or not it is, quote, ethical. And that's really a pressing concern with all of these developing technologies too. So check that out. That's episode 131, Ethical AI Porn. We'll have that episode linked in the show notes as well. Okay, friends. Well, I think that does it for today. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me and explaining all of these complex topics. Always a pleasure. Make sure that you are subscribed so you don't miss any of the new AI episodes as they drop each week. Be sure to share this with your friends. I know so many of the people I interact with and talk through in everyday life has no idea and really can't wrap their brain around this AI stuff. So it's going to be really important to share this information with other people because we all as Christian parents really need to be on the up and up on this. If you love the podcast and it's beneficial to you, we would love for you to leave us a review and a five-star rating. Y'all know this is how other people can find the podcasts and they can the podcast recommendation algorithms go out. And so we want other parents to be able to bravely parent in our culture saturated media and technology as well. So thank you all so much for joining us. And until next week, go and be brave.